Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in part two of a sermon called Unhurried Families. Friends, we're in a great series called The Unhurried Life, and we're learning how to rest, we're learning how to abide, we're learning how to walk with Jesus in this fast-paced society. We're learning what it means to live at God's pace of grace, living within God's rhythm. Well, today I want to encourage you, if you've never been to my website, awakentograce.com, I want to encourage you to check out my book entitled Calling on the Name of the Lord. And as you learn how to live the unhurried life, well, learn how to grow in your prayer life as well. I would love for you to pick up a copy of my book today. You can get it from my website, awakentograce.com. You can order it from Amazon. Check it out today, Calling on the Name of the Lord. And when they reached the home of Brother Abraham... He finds out along the way, Abraham used to be a wealthy man. He operated a very large farm, a very productive farm, enjoyed a large, spacious home. But Abraham was caught by the communists distributing Bibles to churches who had no Bibles. So they confiscated his farm and took his home. And at that point, Abraham and his wife lived on $5 a week with which they used to buy a little bread. When they reached the dwelling place of Abraham and his wife, he was surprised as Abraham's wife emerged out from the goat-skinned tent. He said the only similarity between Abraham and his wife was their sky-blue eyes. And he said as large of a man as Abraham was, his wife was just as little. But they both had innocent sky-blue eyes. And they invited Brother Andrew into their home. Brother Andrew went in, and when they served the meal, the meal was wild berries and honey. But do you know what Abraham said? Uh, Brother Andrew said of Abraham? He said, when I looked at his face and his wife, he said, in all of my travels all over the world, I've never seen faces of such contentment. That convicted me to my core. I began to think of how many chairs I had bumped into and how hard it was to walk through that ship, what tight quarters it was and how constricted I felt and how uneasy I felt and how limited I felt. And I thought, do people look at my face and do they see a face of contentment? Even in the promised land, our lives are a series of hills and the valleys. Today, perhaps you're in a valley. Today, perhaps you've been in a valley, not for a few days or a few weeks or even a few months. Perhaps you're in a season of unanswered prayer. And it's not that your prayers are unanswered for just a short season. It's been a while now, and you're beginning to question, does God care? Does he, is he even paying attention? Is he even concerned? My friend, I want to remind you you're no longer in the land of Egypt. I want to remind you that you're in the promised land. I want to remind you that you're in a series of hills and valleys, but either way, you can drink the rains from heaven. Your soul can be nourished today unlike any other time in your life. 
even in the hard times, even in the difficult times, even in the limitations. You can know and you can feel and you can taste and you can be satisfied with the contentment of the Lord your God. Can you say amen to that? Amen, amen. And then notice what he says. I love this. The land, it's a land that the Lord your God cares for. Oh, does God not care for every day of our lives? He's not a distant God. You know, in early America, it was deism that swept the early colonies and men like Benjamin Franklin and many of our Many of our founding fathers were actually deists, which meant that they believed that God created the universe but then was hands-off. Basically, deism means that God is not involved in the daily affairs of humanity. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible means the the the, the God that the Bible teaches is a God who walks with us Not just in various seasons, but every day of our lives. The God of the Bible is a God who knows the very number of hairs upon your head. And let me tell you, my friends, you and I don't even know ourselves better than that, do we? And God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he is divinely involved in the daily affairs of our life. This land the Lord your God cares for, the eyes of the Lord your God are upon it always. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Let me tell you a book I'm reading right now. It's a 365 daily devotional called Streams in the Desert. Maybe you've read that before. If you haven't, order it today. We're getting ready. I got, I got, this is a joke, but I got to tell you this. One of my bucket list items was to have my books on Lifeway bookshelves. And that's happened because Lifeway's closing and we bought some of their bookshelves. So it's sort of, in a way, kind of, I'll, I'll check it off my bucket list. But <laughs> we're getting ready to put all these beautiful bookshelves in our lobby. And we're going to have this great bookstore out here. And we're going to carry some of these classics like Streams in the Desert and God's Smuggler. Well, we won't say it that way. But God's Smuggler. And uh, it's going to be wonderful. But if you, don't, if you don't know Streams in the Desert, oh please get that book. I believe if my memory is right, it was written in 1925. And it's been a classic ever since. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year, God's eyes are upon your life. Can we say amen to that? Now, jump down with me to verse 19. Now, Moses goes on to say a great deal. He talks about, then the next verse, he's going to say, if you will indeed obey the voice of the Lord, keep his commandments, keep his statutes, then these blessings are going to come into your life. But if you don't obey, then God will shut up the windows of heaven. There will not be rain on the earth. As a matter of fact, just a side note, in 1 Kings, when Elijah prayed that it would not rain, and the book of James chapter 5 tells us that for three and a half years it did not rain on the earth, you know what Elijah was doing? He was praying Deuteronomy 11. He was praying the word of God. That if Israel's heart ever turned away from God, then there would be no more rain on the earth. 
And God, he prayed Deuteronomy 11. And later on in Deuteronomy 11, he says, I, put bizor- I present before you today blessing and cursing, and you choose. Blessing or cursing. So this is a wonderful chapter. It's worth you spending a great deal of time in. But right now, I want to just show you for a few moments what a godly Christian home should look like. And it's found in verse number 19. Now, remember, the theme of the chapter is Moses is talking about the laws of God, the rules, the statutes, the commandments, the expectations of the Lord our God. And so when he gets to chapter or to verse 19, he's going to say, you are to teach them to your children. You are to teach them to your children. Now, let me speak for a few moments. Some of you have children that are grown and Perhaps now you have grandchildren or some of you, you do not have children. But let me speak for just a moment to those particularly, particularly who are raising children in the home right now. This is the instruction that the Lord gives us. A Christian home ought to look similar to verse number 19. He says, basically what he's saying is our primary responsibility is to teach our children the laws and the expectations, the rules and the statutes of the Lord. Now, if some of you, your expectation is to bring your children to this church and your expectation is for our Rock Alley staff or 180 staff or L3 staff or even our nursery staff, even sowing seeds at that young of an age, If your expectation is that this church teaches your children the rules and the statutes of God, you are making a horrendous mistake. Because if you think that we can teach your children to love God in 90 minutes once a week, that is a foolish expectation. Your children are to learn about God in your home and primarily in your home. So my question today is when we look around at our lives and we consider the conversations that are going on in our households, how much of it involves the instructions of the Lord? He says, you're to teach these things to your children. My primary job as a parent, more than educating my child, more than providing for my child, My primary job is to train up my children in the way in which they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Do you know what the Hebrew word picture is of train up a child and when they're old, they will not depart? Do you know what the word picture there is? It means to awaken a thirst for God within your children. And what is it about your home that awakens a thirsting for God in your children. For many of our homes, it's non-existent. Well, thankfully, the Bible is going to show us how. Watch what it says to do. You shall teach these things to your children when you are sitting at your house, when you're sitting in your home. Oh, I think about that even in my own home, when we're just sitting around, when we're around the dinner table, when we're getting ready to go somewhere and Sadie keeps yelling, girls, have you got your shoes? I hear that 20 times a day. (laughs) And they still leave without shoes. It's awful. (laughs) And I think about it in nighttime when the house is getting quiet and we're tucking kids in. What are those conversations about? 
What are those conversations like? We are to teach our children around the home. This couple weeks ago, whatever it was, Piper, we gave uh, Piper and Emmy two of our old phones, you know, like ancient, and they, boy, they just think they're hot stuff. They just, the first evening of, of Piper having my old phone, she said, Dad, I'm really attached to this thing. Yeah, I can tell. It don't have service. It just, you know, whatever Wi-Fi is around our house. Now she knows the meaning of Wi-Fi, right? Dad, is there Wi-Fi? She's eight years old. Good gosh. And she found a song on kids' YouTube. And I didn't like it. It was a secular song. And I didn't like it. Piper goes around the house, and you know what she sings? She sings this stuff, the stuff we do up here. Her favorite song is Waymaker. Oh, you love to hear her sing it. She's listening to this song, and I don't like it. It's got a bad spirit to it. I didn't like it. I don't even know what the words were, but I could tell by the spirit of the song, it wasn't good and it wasn't right. My very first reaction was to say, Popper, turn it off. But how many of you know when you do that, it just makes them want to listen all the more, right? But that was my first reaction, turn it off. But I, I restrained myself, and I didn't. And I said, Popper, come here. I said, what are you listening to? She told me what it was. I said, what's that song about? I don't know. Hmm. I said, hey, Popper, I said, I want you to think about something. You know the songs that we love at church? She loves to hear Kayla and Kylie sing. She loves it. I said, you know those songs that they sing? That pleases the Lord, makes God happy. We call it glorifying God, and it makes God happy. It makes him smile. I said, that song you're listening to, that doesn't please the Lord. That doesn't make God happy. I don't like it, and I know the Lord doesn't like it. That's all I said. I haven't heard her listen to it, and I have not heard her mention it since then. We are to instruct. We are to teach. We are to take precious moments at home, not at church, at home and instill these things in the hearts of our children. That is training up a child in the way they should go. Notice what he says next. And when you're walking by the way, how many opportunities do you have with your children when you drive? How many opportunities are there in the car to talk about the things of God, the goodness of God, to talk about how good God's been. My heart was so pleased. Many of you know, a couple weeks ago, John Mark was hospitalized. And um, that morning, he was in there for a couple days. And that morning, they were telling us we may, may not go home. They didn't know. And Terry Whitson and... Glenn and Pastor Phil and Eric and all of them came and prayed over John Mark, probably about 11, 11.30. And I tell you, after they prayed, it was broken. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it in our spirit. This thing's done. It's gone. It's finished. It's broke. Sadie said all day, we're going home this evening. We're going home. I know it. The doctor came in, gave us the okay, told us everything going on. What a difference in him. After prayer, they anointed his little head with oil, and all day I'd smell his head. I'd say, John Mark, you smell like prayer. 
And um, I got up to go to the restroom in our, bed, in our room, and as I was shutting the door, it was just Piper in there with us, and Piper was in the bed with John, Mark, and Sadie. And as I was shutting the door, I heard Sadie tell Piper, Piper, isn't the Lord so good to our family? You know what that is? That's Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19. Do you talk about the Lord to your children? You say, Chad, what if they ask me a question I don't know? Then say, I don't know. But do you talk to your children about the Lord? Do you talk about the goodness of God? Do you talk about God's faithfulness? Do you talk about God's provision? Do you talk about how faithful God is and how good he is to your family? My friends, that is fulfilling Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19. Talk about God in your home. Talk about him along the way. Make God a part of your everyday life. And what's the last phrase? You'll have to help me. Along the way, there's one other phrase. Anyone? Oh, yes, when you lie down and when you rise. Now, when I was trying to memorize this, I had it backward. I would say when you rise and when you lie down. But do you remember what we said last week in last week's sermon? The Jewish day was reversed. The day began with sunset, not sunrise. And do you remember why we said the day began with sunset and not sunrise? Actually, I think that was in week one. But do you remember why we said that? was because... God works while we rest. In our culture, we work and then we rest. In God's culture, you rest in order that you may work. Remember what we said? Good work is rooted in good rest. And what happens when the sun sets and God's day begins? What happens? God begins working on his new covenant and God begins working on his new creation. And you and I awake to a world in which we did not create. You and I awake to new mercies and new grace and new love, and we work to an, we awake to a new creation and to a brand new covenant with the Almighty. Amen? Amen. And that's why this text says, when you lie down and when you rise up, that's the, that's the true order of the day. Lastly, he says, <laughs> he says, when you you are to write these things. On your doorposts and on your gate. <laughs> I didn't realize how biblical Sadie's little sign in the kitchen is that says, All I need is a little coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. I didn't, I didn't know that's actually a pretty biblical sign, I guess. <laughs> so go to Hobby Lobby and get some scripture signs, right? <laughs> but really, is scripture on the walls of your home? Deuteronomy. Chapter 11, verse 20. Lastly, I close with this today. Go with me to 1 John chapter 9. Uh, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. I want to speak for just a moment in closing. The Lord gave me a very specific word today. I've tried to give some great spiritual application that anyone can walk away with. I've tried to give some thoughts that will help you grow and help you be nourished by the word of God. But 
For right now, I do want to speak to one specific group of people. And God has put you on my heart this day. I want to speak to the dads who have big regrets. I want to speak to the fathers who perhaps were not good fathers. But God is changing your life even right now to the present day. My father passed away a couple of years ago at the beginning of 2017. My dad was a great man. My dad taught me so much. I remember coming into my teenage years and I remember my dad telling me very clearly, he said, Chad, a true man will stand up for himself and stand up for what is right. If the whole world is against him, he'll stand. But a real man will also admit when he's wrong. I remember my dad telling me that. My dad had a horrendous back. He had deteriorating disc, deteriorating nerves, sciatic issues. But I tell you, in my eyes, he had a backbone of steel. But my dad didn't know the Lord until the last 15 years of his life. Beyond that, he was a sinner, a great sinner. But God redeemed him. There's some of you who could share that same story. You didn't teach your children the ways of God because you didn't live the ways of God. You didn't invest in your kids. We all make mistakes, every one of us. Even last, uh, even Friday night, we got home from our long trip and we were so happy to see our children and they jumped all over me and jumped on my back and I played with them for a few minutes, but I'm listening to a book right now on Nazi Germany and I was so riveted by the book. I'd listened to it for five and a half hours that day and I found myself drawn to the book and I slipped into the living room and I was listening to the book and Sadie comes in and says, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. She said, go spend time with your kids. Boy, we're bad for that, aren't we? You know how kids spell love? T-I-M-E. And I got a long way to grow in that way. Maybe you didn't spend time with your kids and maybe you didn't teach them the things of God. Let me share with you today 1 John 3, 19 and 20. It says, by this, the truth shall reassure our hearts that even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. So today, if on this Father's Day, you're feeling the weight of sin, you're feeling the weight of neglect, you're feeling the weight of mistakes, let me assure you, my friend, God's greater than the condemnation that's in your heart. Some of you don't have relationships with your children today because of mistakes you made as a young father. Let me tell you, God can restore it. He can restore. He can redeem. Now, it may not happen overnight, but it didn't get how it is overnight, did it? And so don't expect it to be fixed overnight. But if you'll take the long view and you'll begin to pray and say, God, redeem and restore my relationship with my children. I'm telling you, God will begin to work.
it'll begin to work. And today on this Father's Day, don't let guilt overrun your heart. Don't let guilt condemn you. Because even when your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. And as if the scripture just could have ended there, it didn't. It has one more phrase. Oh, and he knows all things. He knows everything. God knows the sins. He knows the mistakes. He knows the failures. But yet God still redeemed you. And God can redeem your family. God can redeem your children. God can redeem your grandchildren. Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts Podcast. 